Coaches, welcome back to another episode of the New Jersey High School Strength Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Evnish. I'm with my boy, Paul Colodi. Mike Schrock is already trying to enter the room. He's like, he broke <laughs> protocol. And in New Jersey, we do not break protocol, but we love nope. this guy. We love him, Paul. So we might let him just hop on early. <clears throat> okay, this is episode six or seven. I'm not even sure. We're powered by the NHS SCA. National High School Strength Coaches Association. If you're not a member, go to nhssca.us. And uh, Paul, I was in there this week looking at uh, professional development videos, our resources section, just brushing up on how the how the coaches are teaching the power clean. They're different ways. Yeah. Everybody's kind of different. And you know what's the difference is I could go in there, get a couple of high-quality pieces of information, or I could go to YouTube and get five gazillion videos on the power clean. Then my brain explodes. <laughs> you, could over, you could overthink stuff, right? Yep. No. So, <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm, I get caught up in that troll sometimes and looking around. And uh, like you said, it's a one-stop shopping 9.9 .9 times out of 10. And it's all on science. It's all on, you know, what they've learned not only from from mentors, but from reading journals and everything else on what's the most effective. So yeah, yeah, that's my go-to. Love, I love our family. And then you know you're on YouTube. Then you're looking at Cadillacs. You're like, what? What the heck? What, what am I doing here? All right. So listen, <clears throat> the legend is on Mike Schrock. We cannot keep him waiting. All right. It's like it's like uh, Jimmy Hoffa showing up. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> And all these mob jokes, except Jersey people, they've got no clue what we're talking about. Forget about it. So and we, we can't let them wait. We're going to let Mike in. I'm going to let you kick off questions. I don't know if you have questions prepared. I'm just going to let it. Of course you do. You're a pro. You are a pro. I'm still an amateur. I'm just going to let it happen. Here we go. The legend Mike Schrock is coming on. Here we go. Okay, Mike. Yes. Hey, Coach, how are we doing? Good to see you. Oh, Mike. I'm with my friend Paul. You remember Paul? Hey, Coach. Paul, how you doing? How are you? Man. Doing good. Doing good. Look at that smile. Look at the, You know, <laughs> we said Coach McKenna was the most handsome, but he's in second oh. place now. <laughs> yep, no doubt. <laughs> oh, man. Coach Schrock, you're a legend. It's so awesome to have you on this podcast so this podcast coach um you know paul was the state director i'm now the state director and i wanted to try a different way of reaching people we figured coaches are so busy we wanted to reach them so they would listen to the podcast on the way to work or on the way home from work so it's been it's been really good this is i think our sixth or seventh episode great yeah Always great to talk shop, no matter what time of day. Uh, I'm always absolutely, you know. And so, Mike, we'll probably go 20, 25 minutes, and then um, when you when you hang up, I'll I'll share with Paul how I first met you in Wake Forest in 2009. I think oh. I think that wow. was 2009. And so uh, I just still remember how like I don't know, you were just so nice, and I just got that vibe from you. I was like, man, this guy's awesome. This guy's awesome. So Paul has the first question for you, Mike. All right. Um, and then we'll go 
you know, we'll just let it flow. We're really, we're really excited to have you. Kind of like starstruck, you know, it's like seeing Bruce no, like starstruck. <laughs> hey, we're all, we're all, we all in this for one reason to learn and get better. So hundred percent. So Paul, I'll let you take it away. My, my, man. my first, my first question off the record is what's it like to have 70 degree weather and grass in South Carolina? I've got 20, 20 inches of snow in the backyard. Wow. How about this? I think if they're teasing us, they're, they're just teasing us. I think, I don't think we're going to stay 70 very long. I, yeah. I heard Friday's supposed to be back to 40 in miserable rain, but hey, oh, 40. All, all our spring sports have started. So I always tease those <laughs> when it's 40 and rainy. I know it's softball season or baseball season. That's the South. Coach, I was reading some articles about you today. Just, you know, learning about you and, and, and what you've been through. And there was a great quote that I saw in there. I said, when you, when the football coach brought you in because you were at uh, St. Thomas university, mm-hmm. um, he, he knew that you had somebody there and, and your quote was, we had a great plan from the beginning and we stuck to the plan. What was your plan when you first came in there and, and, and started working with that coach? Well, what we started to, to build that program is, is Paul, we reached down and, and started working with our middle school kids. That, that was the whole key mm-hmm. um, to just get them immersed in, in like basically like trying to build and form a culture. Uh, and, and, you know, so we decided we, we needed to get those young kids involved. And to this day, we still bring our middle school kids, we bust them over to the high school to start their training with, you know, varsity sport coaches and then, and then the strength staff. So uh, that was the initial plan and we stuck to it. You know, there are some bumps in, in the road, but, you know, we had a plan that we were going to train, train, start these guys in seventh grade. And we were just going to train year round and be uh, consistent and relentless. And, and that was the whole key to, to get things going. Wow. 20 some years later. And, and that plan really did uh come to fruition so yes uh, zach what do you got so i didn't realize mike did you start at the middle school or were you at the high school and like uh, uh, when i came when i got to south Carolina, i came up without a job i just knocked on the door of the high school and, and showed them a resume and they they saw something in that and uh my first job was at the inter actually an intermediate school i was like the ISS teacher of fifth and sixth graders and I would go over and and help the middle school I was a seventh grade coach in the beginning yeah Yeah. that's a true story and what what just kind of hit home to me was you know you so how long have you been at Burns High School if I just back up this is year I believe 20 23 23 years so it's 2021 so the late 90s I've always, I've said it like the late nineties, strength and conditioning was a word in the colleges. There wasn't like barely any private guys doing it. You had maybe Dwayne Carlisle, you had Mike Boyle. It was, you didn't have a lot of people doing that. And so my question, Mike is, you know, I'd say after I met you, 09, then 010, then certainly a few years, the private sector exploded. Did any of your athletes at the high school start doing stuff at the private sector and then come back and say, Coach Rock, I squatted yesterday with Coach Colodi over at, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, Burns area, Burns private strength and conditioning. Did that ever happen with you? We That did not happen in the beginning because honestly, we didn't have much of a development program. And, and as all of us know, I'm preaching to the choir with everybody listening to this, that you've got to develop your athletes. You know, you have to devote the time and effort into that. And, you know, like after the first year I was at Burns, I went to the head coach and said, look, I can help you. I said, we need to start working and developing these young athletes at an early age and carry this plan right straight through the high school. And you were right. There wasn't much going on. And I still see some of it. You know, sometimes they'll take a $2,000 stipend and hack that between four four sport coaches are supposed to be watching a weight room. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to it. So once you put some consistency into it, man, that thing took off like a rocket for us. And it would take off for anybody. But what about coach meaning like, so you have the strength conditioning program in Burns High School, but then the private sector guys started opening up their own yeah. speed. Mm-hmm. Did any of your kids ever start kind of branching out and then oh, laugh with you? How do you deal with that? With the I take my kids to private sectors. We'll take a whole busload and, and, and go over somebody's facility and do like a little mini speed camp day or, or, or strength camp day. So, yeah, anything that can help. We can't cover it in, in the high school sector. You cannot cover everything. So if somebody's good and they're specialized, I like to work with that with that with the private sector coach, let's get the best out of this kid. So what about a kid who says, let's say you're squatting Mm -hmm. on today is uh, Wednesday and let's say you're squatting today, but a kid said, coach, I was at, you know, John Smith private yesterday and I squatted. Then what do you do? Well, you got to adjust. I mean, it would make no sense for me to be hardheaded and make and force the kid into a squat, no matter what kind of program I have planned. You know, I have to, have the ability to change on the fly. And then I would have to develop some coordination with the private sector and the kid and the family. Yeah. Uh, you know, we run into that a lot at Burns, you know, the expectations of our fans and parents are, man, every kid that's in the program should be going to Clemson, you know, and they're not all going to Clemson. You're not going to Clemson if you're five foot six, you know, so <laughs> you're not doing that. But the whole idea is, is just to, bring out the best in the kids. And if, and if they choose to do something privately, then I need to, to be smart enough to, to pick up the phone and say, hey, what are we doing or how, you know? And I learn a lot from private sector because again, when I get a group of maybe 60 kids, yeah. you know? So I think there's a lot of advantage to having a kid work in a, in a, in a smaller group in a, in a more individual situation, more sports specific situation especially some of the throwing sports, oh, you know, yeah. baseball and your overhead sports like volleyball. I mean, all those kids are going to clubs. And so if, if they're doing some outside stuff, I'd like to be part of that, at least part of a plan for that individual athlete. And what the plan is for that athlete can easily be adapted to, to the team setting. So yeah, yeah. anything that we can do to make the kid the athlete better. Hey, I'm all for that. I love how open-minded you are. You were like that yeah. when I met you 12 years ago, 11 years ago. I mean, you, well, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think you have to use every resource that's out there, you know? So, um, boy, so like, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't think my way is the only way or I'm not so hard headed that I'm going to just, no, you got to do this on this. No, that's, 
I want the best for the kids and however way we can get that out of them. That, I'm all for that. Nice. You know, especially now kids are starting to uh, specialize so early. Sure. If, if they're doing club stuff year round, then, then we got to be smart and, and handle their physical development in conjunction with all the activity that they're going. If we don't do that, it's going to be a disaster for the kid. We're, she or she's probably going to end up hurt, overuse or something. So they could tell you, you, you got to be smart enough and adjustable enough to, again, to do, to work together and do what's best for the athlete. I've never met anybody in the private sector that was the other way. No, no, that's my kid. He can't work out at birth. Work together. Work together. I, I think the, you know, Paul and I had this conversation maybe a month ago. <clears throat> I've always felt a different, um, aura and energy when I'm down South compared to this Northeast area, it seems more like cutthroat up here when I'm down yeah. there. It was so, uh, everybody's so together and respectful of the other person. It's, uh, it's different. I certainly, I like that. I think, you know, a, a we approach is much better than a me approach. Oh, no, no question about it. No question about it. Yeah, whatever it takes. You know, really just whatever it takes. Yeah, whatever it takes for the athlete, you know, especially the ones that are, like I said, the ones that are sports specific year round, like baseball or volleyball, we, we all got to work together. But a kid's going to burn out before he reaches the mature, before he really develops into the athlete that we're trying to get him to be. Yep. Paul, what do you got, buddy? Coach, I was reading through your resume a little bit and, you know, Kabuki strength and, uh, stuff you've been done with USA weightlifting and East Coast Gold, and uh, who were some of your big influences when you first started 23 years ago um, for for your programming for the stuff you're doing? Oh gosh, I, I go back. You know, I, I think back in the day, everybody was looking at the Nebraska guys. You know, Mike Arthur in particular yeah. uh, was. I mean, I think he was one of the leading forces. Everybody was copying what what Nebraska was doing. Uh, you know, further down the road, Ethan Reeve at, at Wake Forest, now at Chattanooga, you know, Mike Gentry at Virginia Tech, a legend was there like 30 some years. Uh, you know, people like that, that have, have been great examples and, and kind of follow up, follow their lead. Joe Ken with his tier system. I think at one point in time, all of us are using some type of tier system. So, I mean, there's all kinds, and I've been, smart enough to take from the best, you know, so I, I take credit for none of it, but boy, I, I, my ears are always open, my eyes are open, and I'm going to learn something from every conversation, for every meeting, for every clinic, so, so just a bunch of people in the past. Nice. Um, coach, with, you know, I've seen the uh, photos of your weight room, very large facility, and do any, do sport coaches help you with each group or are you the, the lone ranger running the show? Well, well I have a, a staff of three. And we, what we like to do when we train sports teams specifically is what we like to have those sport coaches come in there. And we encourage that. In fact, we want them in there. Uh, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be doing much in the way of coaching what we're doing on the floor or on the platform. But we want them there encouraging their kids uh, see who's in the weight room, take attendance, you know, motivate yes. a little bit. So it, uh, we have a nice situation at Burns. I, I think all the sport administration all the way on down through the sport coaches believe in what we're doing, what we're doing for the athletes and, and they support it. And, and, and it's, it's, it's a good team effort there. 
Gotcha. Uh, I got one more quick question, Coach. Sure. So w- after Paul kind of mentioned your resume um, with, you know, Olympic lifting and <clears throat> all the different, um, was there ever a time where you were not implementing a certain style of training? Maybe you felt it was too complex for the athletes or they weren't there. Were you ever like, you know what, we're not ready for cleans or we're not ready for the barbell. Did you ever, sometimes I catch myself in these little areas, just kind of, you know, when I'm sometimes like, well, I think I just got to go for it, you know? Well, I think, you know, for, you know, my background is Olympic lifting. So I, although, you know, it's the most explosive, you, you guys know all about Olympic lifting, but what I do is rather than try and force so much, you know, how much technique can a teenager absorb, you know, or what's important for that sport? If it's yeah. force development or speed, man, we're going to put some Olympic stuff in there. Now, that being said, I may not teach the entire lift like a snatch. I think one of the most explosive athletic lifts there is. But again, how much time do I have with that team that I'm going to teach a snatch? But I will teach part of the, prog- the uh, progressions of learning the snatch, like a snatch balance, you know, barbell on the shoulders, drop into a, a quick overhead squat. Boy, that's athletic and explosive enough for, for, for any high school team. So I, I do a lot of that. I'll, I'll pick and choose uh, and, and just use pieces of we do a lot of stuff with bands a lot of dynamic stuff so like what what stuff with bands oh you know for shoulders and then for for the olympic with our like say for instance our seventh grade kids when we get when we get that when they first show up the first lift they do is an overhead squat with a band they stand on a band and we teach them how to do an overhead squat that's gotta be rough on them kids are not moving so good nowadays it's just we spend a lot of development time a lot of teaching time but if you spend that time at the bottom boy by the time that kid hits his ninth grade year and tenth we tell all the kids by the time you're a sophomore in high school you are expected to contribute to your varsity team because you've had all this time to develop i like that very cool what do you got paul well 23 years there's got to be some great stories that you've had in the weight room. What's what's one or two really great ones that you've had? Oh, geez, I, don't, I, don't that know, time. I don't know what kind of audience you're dealing with. <laughs> Bring it on. So many good ones. You know, I'm, I'm an intense guy. My players will tell you they do great job of mimicking me. And it's uh, it's really kind of fun, Paul, is to, to watch them come in as like seventh, eighth, ninth graders. I still have that element of fear in them. By the time they're juniors, they kind of have me figured out. By the time they're seniors, so I start one of my tirades. I just see the eyes roll. All right, here he goes again. <laughs> and I, they probably quote most of the lines. But uh, uh, I think the I think one of the best stories is, uh, I'm like I said, I'm real intense in the weight room. Of no nonsense, blah, blah, blah. And, and I actually threw the head football coach out of the weight room <clears throat> in a session. You know, I Why? just one of those days and he was – really being distracted so I said coach out out getting out of the weight room man the kids were absolutely you could have heard if they were like dumbfounded <laughs> <laughs> that's great what was that's the awesome. coach why was he distracting what was he doing you know just you know how sometimes football coaches in there they come in there they're they're talking to the wide receiver showing them plays and stuff yeah and get the kids to squat and they're talking to them about you know practice that's coming up or whatever but it was in the summer. I remember that. And, uh, you know, 
we, we take our time really seriously. We want to get a lot out of it, but that, that was quite funny. I, I didn't think he'd leave, you know, <laughs> he left. <laughs> and we're still That's... great friends. I'm not, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, right. Yeah, that was that. That was a good one. I I kind of enjoyed that. You know, that's, that's awesome. a good one. What about anything you've changed with coaching style or a technique in a lift or the way you teach or even philosophy in these past ten years since like twenty ten? Yeah, that you know, I think the thing that has has changed the most is 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 how how much you have to engage the kid like now the old days that you're going to do this way because coach rock does it that's long gone and you say the last 10 years now the kids the kids now there's so much out there you know you and i tell them all the time i want don't just do this stuff because i'm telling you to do it i want you to understand why we do it how we do it, when we do it. And I, and I think that the, and the kids are really gravitating to that. You know, they, uh, they understand a lot more about what we're trying to accomplish in, 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 their, in their development and training than they did in the past. Years ago, they did it just because you told them to do it. Now, mm-hmm. now they, that they will question, they will, I want them to ask questions, you know. And, I'll, and I ask questions, you know, what is this working? You know, if we're doing this particular warm-up, what area are, are we trying to reach? A hamstrings, coach, or hip flex, or something. So I, I want that feedback, and I think it just uh, it, it it the kids understand a lot more now. So part of that, when they understand that why you're doing it, how you're doing it, when you're doing it, that becomes part of the buy-in for the program. So, so I think that's the thing that that changed the most. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> Paul, I. I- I love the fact that you get the, the middle school kids involved um, when they come in. What's what's your what's your mentality with them? Is it is it a block zero or a, a, like it, a it's, I call, you know, walk and chew gum. You know, we start out with basic skips, basic lunges, basic mainly, mainly with the seventh graders. We're just teaching them how to move. You would be I mean, you, of course, you guys are in the business, so you're not shocked. But most people would be shocked if you lined up 50 57th graders on that sideline and told them to skip across, skip across the field, 40 of them wouldn't know how to skip. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a fact that we're in, that's the stuff we deal with now. So we, 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 we develop those kids in stages and we start, it's all about moving. You know, I wish it was just like the old days, just, man, if I could get five, my offensive life, we could all squat 600 pounds man, we'd be unbeaten. But now you can have five guys can't squat in 600 pounds, but if they can't take a zone step or they can't, or they can't trap, you're not going to win any games at all. So, you know, it's, 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 you need, obviously you need strength, but you, you have to bend and you have to move and that that's any sport. So, yeah, that is huge. More so in football. I've, um, what are you, you know, Mike, you, whenever you've presented, it's always been on movement and speed work. So maybe uh, could you, who did you train today? What teams did you train today at school? Let's see. We are fortunate. We're in the second semester of our, of our school year at Burns. We're on the block schedule. We have four 90 minute classes today. So today I had uh, before school group is, is softball. They're, they're in season now. 
uh, they do have a sport class, but the coach opts to use her class time to practice. So the team comes in, they come in at uh, 6, 6, 6.30 to 7.30, three days a week. And it's now that they're in season, of course, it's softball. So we're doing like a lot of shoulder prehab, a lot of stuff with bands, a lot of movement now. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer. I like the tsunami technology. In season, I think it's great stuff. The girls did tsunami squats today. They did lunge to step up, inverse curl machine, uh, Louis West Side barbell invention. I think great posterior chain. Uh, worked a lot on their lower body, and then the upper body was some little bit of push and pull, and then a lot of band work with the shoulders. First period, we had our our, our bigs came in today. The offense and defensive line. Those guys are not. Are, it's so we're. We got the word that we are going to have spring practice this year. So now this is really a pure strength phase for those guys. I get those guys four mornings a week. Uh, and then one morning, depending on the weather, they'll go outside or do character guidance or study hall or something like that. But the bigs did uh, a push and a pull today. It was hand clean and bench, you know, based on percentages. Nice. And, you know, whatever the assistance work that we did at the end. And then third, kind of I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, Mike. What kind of reps were you doing on the cleans and the benches? Strength. Most Olympic lifts, I stay between at the low end on the Olympic in the 50s and 60%. Be five reps. Once you get over 65, it's strictly threes. You know, because I found with high school kids, you can get three good reps. If you start to ask for four, technique's going to fall apart. Yeah. You're going to start doing reverse curls instead of yeah. an extension, in a, you know. Yeah. So, my explosive stuff is generally three reps. You know, at the lower end of it, could be five. You know, I, I like combos. I might do a, you know, a hang clean front squat combo. I like that kind of combo. Yeah. So that's that's, that's uh, great. Second period today, we had mixed girls, mostly volleyball. So, the, again, they're off season. So, we're working on their strength and movement, a little bit of flexibility. Uh, our third block is a mixed bag of of Olympic sports, we got, we got lacrosse in there, we've got soccer in there, we've got golf in there. So we, we just do some general, they're in there all in season now. In fact, I think two of those teams had scrimmages today or practice games today. So we kind of just took them through a movement, got warmed them up real good, did some movement, some lunging, some step ups, a little bit of a band work. And then uh, fourth period, we had skill guys. So our bigs come out, football-wise, our bigs come in first hour and fourth hour is skill guys. Now, they, I get them three days a week, and then the other two, the coaches take them out. They're doing football stuff on, on most of the days. And then after school Wednesday was, we had the first group was tr female track, and then the second group was uh, a mixed group of off-season sports. So. It's a long day. <laughs> That's a long day. So it's 90 minutes. Do they have showers for them or what are they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy now. Kids don't take showers anymore. I mean, they, oh, that's they, right. I mean, they, they go. So we, the class period is 90 minutes. So we give them time, you know, by the time they get in there and by the time they leave, we, we instead of 90, it's probably down to 70, you know, but you lose time on each end, but that's it for a high school athlete. You know, if you got Solid. a good and you got the space like we do, you can get a lot done, especially now. Now the coaches, the sport coaches don't have to worry about any kind of development. They can focus on X's and O's when they get them out on the field. So yeah. I I used pardon me. 
I looked at your videos from presentations um, on YouTube, and I u- I've been using all that during our do- during our warm ups. And uh, I think you're right that you know, Mike, the the hips like the if the if you can't get low, then the trap bar deadlift looks bad. The squat looks bad. Everything I mean, is bad. If you can't bend, you can't play. If you, I mean, hundred percent. I tease them all the time. I say, as an athlete, you have to be able to bend your knees. If you're bending your waist, you're probably a tuba player in the band. (laughs) There's nothing we do do on Friday where you're bending your waist. Nothing. Yeah. You need that. Your knees change your level. So we spend a lot of time with that stuff. What do you do? What are some like go-to mobility drills, or maybe it's mobility that's kind of morphed into an exercise to help them get that those hips to open up because most kids are not going to go home and do a 10 minute mobility hip sequence. They're not going to do nothing. No, they won't. So we, we kind of, like you say, we put a lot of that stuff into the warm up, and then like really before squats, we'll activate the hips. We'll use like a, an NT loop. It's a, it's a heavier duty band and we'll do monster walks, you know, hook it to the squat rack and do monster walks forward and, Bring it back, activate the, you know, hips, glute, hamstrings, uh, lunging, step-ups, things like that. We do uh, prior before a big lift. So the, I tell the kids all the time, we're going to spend more time getting you ready to squat than we actually squat. Yeah, the, the kids are, um, the tough thing is, I, you know, I like to be real transparent. There's times where kids should not have a bar on their back, but God oh, forbid... Yeah. God forbid five of them go with a goblet squat. They think like you're the devil for doing that to them. Yeah. And so they want to just go to that bar, but deep down it's like, listen, this dumbbell squat, it's going to help you keep your posture and torso upright. We're going to be able to get some ankle mobility, hip mobility. No coach. (laughs) Oh yeah. They all want those. They all want those big weights on their back. Yeah. So, so what yeah. do you do? How to do you me, talk to a kid? I, I'd rather front squat than back squat. Me too. You know, we don't, mm-hmm. I'm on the verge almost wanting to test that because we will do front squat. Prob, we'll do a back squat maybe once every third leg workout. Other times it's going to be some type of a lunge. Yeah. Loaded lunge, something overhead, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, something on the back, a lunge to a step up. Uh, a double lunge, reverse lunge to a forward, but we're going to do some type of movement, you know, two of the two or three squat workouts. And I, I love the front squat. I think, man, that's it's easier to teach. Kids going to use a whole lot less weight. And man, that's exactly what we want is, is, you know, a better squat posture. You know, you're upright, get your belly between your knees. I mean, great for the hips, a little bit wider stance. I'm, I think it's, it's more athletic. This conversation just pushes me that like in this next training cycle, I'm going to get the guys front squatting at my private gym. We front squat in the warm up every workout, even just an empty bar. And I said to Paul, I was like, man, if you put a gun to my head and said back squat or front squat, I'm also leaning to the front squat because Mm -hmm. it's pretty rare that they're going to squat high. Maybe, you know, they're going to, but they're, they're just not as likely to, it just looks better too. It looks yeah, better. Well, the, I, what I found with the front squat is as they get really strong in it, the technique is the same. 
you take the back squat and you start to add weight, what's the first thing that that deviates? So that oh, you yeah. get that line where the kid might be great at 350, you go to 370 or 360, the technique starts to fall apart. Yeah. And then all cringe. of a sudden, oh yeah, you're strong enough to do that with good technique. But I, and I don't see that. Like I don't see that in the front squat. Right. Um, go ahead, Paul. Oh, uh, we logged, we just had this conversation last night uh, with a couple of guys talking about lat engagement when the core is failing and how the elbows will drop and how we can how we can just see the core failing in the front squat as their elbows come down. Yeah. You know, because lat activation, you know, is, is so great when the core starts to fail. And yeah, the seasons kids start to understand and nod their head and go, All right, now I know why we're doing this. And um you know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, we're, we're three, you know, right, right for the front squat. Yeah. I'm, I'm all yeah. with it. You know, you don't like to coach failure, but I think the front squat is a whole lot safer. If the kid's not going to make it, I mean, it's a whole lot easier to bail in a front squat than it is um, your spotter's not paying attention or whatever. Oh. And the bar ends up rolling over your head. We've all seen that horror story. So yeah, it's like a bad YouTube. I, I like front squat. <laughs> you know, I know Ethan Reeve up at Chattanooga was at Wake, Wake Forest for a long time. He's a big front squat guy. In fact, I think he, he has been front squatting, testing his kids for, for a long, long time. Ethan has. So, yep. Coach, I know, I know Zach wants to ask, but if you have trouble with the range of motion with their fingers, do you allow straps or crossover when you're doing that? I, I would rather use the straps than the crossover. But again, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on getting under the finger. When you look at it, all you need is one or two fingers on the bar. I start with two fingers. You know, iron grip, just, just going to roll up under. Now, that being said, I think that when you front squat that, it, it looks great if you got your elbows up nice and high, but as long as they're not pointed to the floor, you should be able to hold that rack position on your shoulder. You know, yeah. so if, if the kid really struggles with do straps, and in some cases in the learning in the learning phases with the younger kids, it's a lot easier to teach them just across. So whatever it takes to get them to bend. So, all right, whatever it takes, Mike. Um, if you know, like I mentioned earlier. When I've seen you speak, it's a, it's a lot of the speed. I, you know, what would you say you're retiring this uh, end of the school year? If you were in front of a group of coaches, would there be any certain like lessons you'd want to, you know, share with them wisdom you really want to impart on them in this high school sector? In any stretch, man, I'm big on this is, you know, I've been doing this a long time and, uh, relished every second of it, but I missed too much of my own family. Okay. So I tell all the young coaches, we have the greatest profession in the world, but you have to spend your faith is number one, your family's number two, then the job is number three. And you, you've got, all of us have a hard time in the beginning, putting that in perspective. It, it takes a long time. I, I always tell a story. I never took a vacation for a long time. I thought, oh, man, if I leave, Burns is going to fall apart. So my wife finally talked me into a vacation and made all these plans, did all this work. My, it was so hard to go on vacation because I had to get everything. Everything had to be perfectly set. Are you sure you know what you're doing? I call, I'm driving these guys nuts, calling them, checking on them. When I got back, half the kids didn't even know I was gone. 
I was waiting for this big hero's welcome. Oh, coach, we missed you. Where were you? What is going on? Half of them didn't even know I was gone. So it was a tough lesson to learn. So I pass that on. You got to take time. You got to take time. That's awesome. You know, and Very good. The business, I think, especially now, it's got to be speed first. You got, if you're not a speed guy, you got to become a speed guy. You got to be able to, and, and part, you know, obviously we know that you want to get faster, get stronger. Okay. That, that's, strength is always going to be a big part. I think you have to get out of your comfort zone and do some things, especially with speed or some of like the, some of the tsunami stuff, all the stuff that's out there. I think get out of your zone, learn and keep learning. I learn something every day. I try to. So that, that's, that's my advice. Very good. When you say you got to be a speed guy, what what do you mean? If we dig a little deeper into, I, I think you, I think you have to do something to enhance speed. You can do something to enhance speed with every workout, whether it's just something as part of your warm up. Like we will go from a dynamic warm up and we morph right into some bounding patterns. Yes. Great speed of bounding is great speed. Uh, in the weight room, if we're doing a squat, we may do a. a, a my version of a contrast, like the kid may do a squat and then he may turn around on the plyo box and do, we call it running a 40. He may just run 18 steps as fast as he can on a box. Does two things. It reinforces some of the running technique and it keeps the kids engaged. And it puts it in their mind that everything we do is to get you faster. Yeah. I, I, I'm, some people uh, don't think like, in high school, you know, you talk about they squat, then they might, then they might run the 40 and then they might do an ab or a band exercises. I think people who are not in our shoes, boots on the ground, they don't realize that these kids could get distracted. Then they'll come back to the squat and then they'll say, how many reps yep. am I doing? What, what, how, what, yep. you know, they lose you focus. <clears throat> and so we're not trying to just keep them busy. We're doing intentional things, but mm -hmm. a, a part of it is if they're not busy, a lot of them lose focus. They don't have the discipline to, you know, you read an Olympic weightlifting book and it talks about, okay, if you train over 90%, rest eight minutes, you tell a high school kid to sit there for eight minutes and focus. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. That ain't happening. And the same thing with sport coaches. What, what don't they want to see? You know, I, you know, they, they don't, want to see kids sitting there standing around they think they should be doing something between every set and rep you know so doing doing something like a, a contrast to a strength move it, it, it keeps the kid it keeps the kid inactive keeps that third guy inactive so he's not at the drinking fountain or over at the next group pinching somebody or doing something you know <laughs> all the same kids are all the same whether that's they're right. in Jersey, florida or south carolina <laughs> so, that is right yes so uh coach rock thank you so much been awesome to have you on as a guest for our podcast you know we're powered by the nhs sca you're, you're a member and just we really try to encourage all coaches who are in the weight room because uh you know, I think down by you and Texas, uh, maybe mm -hmm. Georgia, we have a lot of qualified strength coaches in the high school sector, but in, oh, yeah. in many other states, it's still the soccer coach, the football coach. Yeah. So, you know, we encourage them to become a member so they could learn how to essentially be a strength coach. You know, you're not a full-time, but 
you're going to learn to do it the right way. Yeah, I encourage it. We encourage that so much. In our state, we have a high school strength coaches association. And what we did as an association this year, we are going to pay for the member for the National High School Coaches Association. We're going to pay for five memberships. Guys, guys are going to submit why what they think they would get out of a membership in a national organization. So we're going to pick five guys, pay their membership. And, Awesome. Spread the word that way. I'm big on educate coaches education. You've got you've got to get yourself educated. I mean, just go out there and learn and look yeah. at things. And you, you'll come away with something. I promise you. Coach, do you have a favorite book? You know, I I read old stuff. I've got you know, Strongest Shall Survive with with Bill Starr. I read all the old Iron Man magazines, which had weight, you know, Olympic lifting yeah. in them. What do you, what are some of your uh, I, I, going way back? I, I kept issues of Milo magazine. Yes. I don't know if you guys remember Milo, but yes. they had some great, you know, power building stuff in there. But I mean, so I like Mike Gentry has books is awesome. Yeah. Uh, George Dentiman, you know, with, with the National Association of Speed and Explosion has a whole series of books. Where's, what's his name? George who? George Dentiman. Look Thanks, at his sports speed stuff. Yeah, we. What's his website? It's uh, nasee.earthlink, I think. Oh, that's old. Earthlink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's but he I located? Mean, he's uh, out of the Barrier Islands in uh, North North Carolina. Okay. And George was with Bob Ward, was one of the first guys that started using speed work in the NFL. So he tells some great stories, but he, he is our. Uh, president executive officer of an organization called National Association for Speed and Explosion. Wow. It's the one or it's all they deal with is article. There's four newsletters come out a year, everything involved. There's certification involved. In fact, we just redid the book Essentials of Sports Speed as a new edition. I, I remember you mentioning this. Okay. So I'm going to look that up and yep. for all of our friends listening and watching. We recommend they Google it versus we yeah. hand you the stuff. Go research. Go research yeah. it. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's Google makes things easy, but they'll still never replace a good strength coach. <laughs> George Dentum, Dentiman. Yeah, Doctor George Dentiman. I'll, I'll when I get to school tomorrow, I'll email you all his contacts. So, Thanks. awesome. We'll bother him heavily then. <laughs> oh yeah, he's 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 the, he is the speed guy. He's the guy. That's great. Um, I just gave away a secret. I want you to know that I just gave away my secret. I know, but it's okay because you're retiring. So <laughs> I now told you I'm, I always share. Yes. I always got share. Yep. Now you get. Now you you re, you relinquish some of the secrets. Um, so <laughs> so okay. So you mentioned some uh, books. You mentioned Milo. Uh, so George, Doctor George Dentman, National Association of Speed and Explosion. Yep, for speed and explosion. Yep. Wow. Very cool. And then. Any other books in general or uh, Mike, Gen Mike Gentry? Mike, Mike Gentry's Gentry, book. Oh, Virginia Tech legend. Uh, I think he retired, and I believe that he's back in the game now at Emory and Henry. I heard that. He took a new position at either a D2 or D3 school. And yeah. Mike, I have an old, it was given to me on VHS <clears throat> a little bit before we met. It, it's a, uh, I believe. Dr. Ken Leisner went to work with Mike Gentry a little bit. And did you see the video? He's training the guys. They're pushing the car. 
They're doing the farmer walks. They're running the stairs with weight vests on. Did you see that video? I did not. That sounds like Doc Kimbo, oh. doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you. Um, it's yeah, so totally. it's so good. It was gifted to me, you know, by one of the you know a student of the high intensity training. I I think. I missed a year when Dr. Ken spoke at the North Carolina State Strength Coaches Clinic. Were you there? I, I, we had him at Burns speak to the team. Did you record I, it? The legend. Oh, yeah. He had him rocking and rolling. Did you record and, the... Uh, yes, you know, we, uh, again, met him at, at the Wake Forest Clinic. Yes. Back when we just kept up, uh, you know, like coaches do. We just built a relationship and... We, yeah. We'd get him down to South Carolina every once in a while. I was fortunate enough to let him come in and speak to the team. And oh my goodness, did you record that, Mike, or no? Uh, we did not. We did not. He was. He said, "This is just for the team. This is for you." He was. Yeah. Oh, he was. Not. He wasn't into all that stuff. He was less technical than me, I think. I don't know if that's possible, but he. Um, uh, Coach Reeve told me when he gave the presentation, he did like, uh, I forget what it's called. When I was like, you removed the slide. It was like a clear thing. It was like an overhead thing. And oh, projected. yeah. Oh, overhead projector. It was an overhead projector. Uh, overhead, it, yeah. yeah. It was like slides, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds what like Donnie Thompson. <laughs> Super D, yeah. What a great guy. Have you um, ever visited with Donnie Thompson, Super D? Yeah, he, Super D has a facility in Columbia. Haven't been there in a while, but yeah. He doesn't there. have it anymore. He's out of his backyard only. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Out of his backyard. And uh, he does I know a lot he of had the He had the compound for a while. That was Yeah. That's where I had visited. He does all the body tempering. So he yes. will do just some seminars uh, yeah. like that. But uh, Mike, we don't want to keep you. Yeah. You're in my bedtime now. It's after I'm eight. Come on, <laughs> but um, Mike, I'll uh, hopefully I'll I'll give you a I'll give you a holler. Maybe I'll see you when I visit um, that those Kiwa Islands. I was telling you about. Yeah, please do that, and let's we let's have our fingers crossed for summer. Yes. Stuff. Haven't heard yes. one way or another. Yeah, got them crossed, and so we all can get together and nice. And you know the door is always open for you guys. Anybody, anybody, come on down. You're I'm picking you up. We're coming down to Greenville. We're coming down to Greenville soon, so I'll find a way to oh find Oh, my you. gosh. Downtown Greenville, our school is 20 minutes. All right. Good barbecue. Come in. You got to stop in. You're the Love best, you. Coach. Show you around and be good. Coach, you, Coach. You're the best. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much. Thank, Thank you, Mike. Talk to you soon, buddy. Bye. All right. Bye now. Bye. All right, Mike, you can hang up, buddy, because Paul and I are going to keep going and I'm going to send you an email this All week. All right. Thanks, uh, Mike. Talk to you soon, Coach. See you, buddy. Hold on. Yeah. I, I think Let's I could help. I'm clicking. There we go. All right. See you, Mike. Take care. Bye. There we go. Okay. Nice. Wow, Mike's such a what a great guy. That was uh, that was a joy. I, I, that was awesome. I know. You know, it's hard to keep these short. We said that we'd like to keep them short. <clears throat> Mike's, if you know, I'm going to recommend people go on YouTube. Mike's got a few presentations that were recorded. 
He's always presenting on speed and movement. And I got to tell you, you know, with COVID, Paul was like making these 30 minute workouts in the weight room. My warmups, I wasn't doing the movement stuff. It was like, mm-hmm. you're going to do 10 squats, 10 lunges, 10 push ups, 10 pull aparts. But I wasn't doing, you know, all the uh, frog jumps, the walking reverse lunges, lateral lunges, all, you know, all those things that got their hips low hang out because I'm on the clock. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, we back squatted last week and I was, I was disappointed in myself. I was like, man, some of those squats just looked like crap. And uh, yesterday I had an hour with the football team. I was like, man, I'm going 20 minutes of this warm up that morphs into the speed and the jump training and everything just looked a hundred times better. And I got to tell you, the kids were crushed. And I, and I said, I go, I knew it was going to happen. I said, because you guys didn't train legs, you're allergic to training legs <laughs> during yeah. the whole COVID. And I go, you know, truth be told, when you guys do squat, you squat halfway down. And I said, listen, if I drive halfway to work, did I get to work? No, coach. Well, if you squat halfway down, you did not squat. So yeah. you can't, that's not a 500 pound squat. And then kid today was, you know, he's got, <clears throat> He's growing. His hips or ankles are tight. He's struggling on a trap bar deadlift. He's like, man, I have trouble getting my hips down. I go, listen, don't worry about what you deadlift. I go, when you score a touchdown, does, does the referee run up and say, whoa, 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 what, how much you deadlift, man? They don't care. You know, you're, that's it. You're scoring. It's about how we move. So I'm hammering that home big time. And uh, so tomorrow I'm going arm farm with the football team. And then next week, that's it. Front squats are in. I got to shout out to some of my guys. Today. today was an off day for football. And we did, we had that, that blizzard on Monday. So we missed Monday. Getting crushed, and uh, we, it was probably four o'clock. I get a text from one of our rising seniors. Hey, coach, <laughs> can we come in and get a little bit today? Because uh, we missed Monday. I'm like, yeah, 5.30's open. I was going to leave at 5.30. Yeah. But about eight of them came in, and we just did uh, that that thing movement. We did some some tumbling. We did bear crawls to a right shoulder roll, bear crawls to a left shoulder roll, you know, jumps, stuff like that. To get They're having fun. Yeah. We did, uh, we did cartwheels. Our football coach was in there. He's trying to do cartwheels. It was, <laughs> it was just awesome. It was a good day. And, you know, th- those are the days you remember, and you hope the kids remember, too, like we're talking about stories. But we got our mobility in. We got our speed in. We're going to have a, a good deadlift day tomorrow. We had a great squat day yesterday. And uh, Friday, we're going to get at it, you know, our, our bench a little bit. And then Saturday, we're going to do um, – we don't do it every Saturday, but Saturday morning, 7 a.m., we're going to do a grit day. You know, they're going to come in, and we're going to do a hard work day. And uh, I can't wait. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad the snow's over. You know, you get hammered by snow. By me, we got a little bit of snow, like flurries. Uh, today's 55. The snow melted. I don't know what the temperature is by you. It's different. You're in another world up, you know, you're an hour from me, Paul. Yeah. Maybe. Started, yeah. started at 11 o'clock by three o'clock. We had six inches of snow. It it's was crazy. People don't realize how different it is for somebody that I think living by the beach, the water changes, the ocean changes, does something. And then my high school, you know, it's like in a, like a valley. And so when it's, we have tons of snow at my high school because it's like encased in like a woods area. It's called the swamp. 
So, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, what else was I going to say? I met Mike in 09 at the North Carolina State Strength Coach Clinic. He was with Coach McKenna. You know, Coach Reeve invited me down to speak. I spoke with Donnie Thompson and uh, Istvan Javarek, who's, you know, the guy who created the barbell complexes. Yeah, yeah. And, um, if you look at Coach Javorek's uh, old YouTube videos, he trained athletes at a uh, community college. <clears throat> he would do all kinds of jump training up. He had on the side of a school, a, like a, a um, you know, like a rubber, you know how like playgrounds have that rubber floor. Yeah. Yeah. He had a hill made out of rubber. Then he also had large stairs made out of rubber. So they'd go up the stairs, two legs, one leg. I mean, just working them with all these bounding and power hops. And so that's on my mind a lot is, you know, you might be able to uh, trap our deadlift 495, but if you're slow, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, uh, I heard a great, I was listening to just fly sports podcast with Joel Smith and Bobby Stroop. Bobby um, is out in Texas and uh, I I don't follow the NFL enough, but he trains the quarterback who was for the chiefs and Bobby's Mm -hmm. big on speed and movement. And I think he heard this from Dan Paff, but he said something to this effect. He goes, um, you know, you had, you could have a racehorse or like a, uh, like a uh, trudge horse, like a horse that's like a, a, like a towing horse. He goes, if the race horse needs three or four days to be like a towing horse, it could do it. But if the tow horse has to become a race horse, it can't get fast. Speed makes you stronger. And Jim Wendler's even says, Jim Wendler's been saying, he goes, we don't actually lift that heavy. He goes, but we're strong because we're never moving the weight slow. He doesn't really go beyond whatever, 85%. And, you know, I'm trying to really hammer to my kids. It's like when I watch you bench, I don't want to see these grinding slow reps that take you 10 days to finish it. And so that's why, you know, when I tell people coaching at the high school is extremely challenging. You have large numbers. We don't have a lot of equipment. We don't have the best equipment. Um, We have one coach often, you know, I don't have any assistants my I'd like to see my sport coaches start coming in more. So the kids start being a little bit afraid of not showing up, mm-hmm. you know, because there's what happens, let's say, you know, it's, it's voluntary for you. Right, Paul. So let's say a football player doesn't show up all year. Is there a, a, like a, um, uh, a repercussion for that? Nope. None. No and, the, and the worst thing is you get your, you get your guys who are players, the guys who, who know that they're going to be a player. There's nobody behind them. So they can choose to do whatever they want to do. Right. No threat. Yeah. And, you know, our, our, our coach says it all the time. It gets getting really easy to put on our our red devil Jersey because, you know, kids understand that and they're not working for it. And there's no threat. Yeah. And, you know, whether they're going to their own guy or doing whatever they are, um, you and I say it all the time is that there's gotta be that if, if they're going to their own guy, what's the benefit of that versus, being with their team, getting the same lifts in, same intensity, but now being held, maybe being held accountable by their teammate or holding their teammates accountable. I think those two I I told the guys, um, oh man, trying to find this. um, I told the guys that I'm done calling out anybody. Now I say this year, you got a long leash with me because you're showing up to train at 12, one, two, 
I don't know if your mom or dad is leaving work from home. They're in the middle of a conference call. You're late. It may not be because you're late. It might be because your mom and dad had yeah. to leave work in the middle. But <clears throat> what's what I'm trying to get away from is, uh, you know, Mike is super flexible. I found that in being so flexible, I wasn't helping anybody. Oh, you did this and that with your private guy. I'll work around you. Da, 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 da. And I was like, man, I got 40 kids, 20 kids, whatever the numbers are. When it's not COVID, we're going to have 70 kids. Mm-hmm. I can't <clears throat> do a lot of special stuff for you. I'm a private sector guy. If I have six people, I could do special stuff with everybody. Yeah. That I feel the private sector guy. I would love to see that guy be a little more outreach and say, Hey, how can I help? So like mm-hmm. this Saturday, I got a local football coach coming, which I'm really excited about. And uh, I haven't had a football coach come and want to learn in a gazillion years. I mean, I can't tell you. And you want to know what? I'm not going to mention the team, but uh, they're state champs. <laughs> they're a very high level team where like you, if you don't need, you don't get bumped up. Meaning if you're a freshman, you're playing on freshman because JV is stacked. Varsity is stacked. There's they're deep. Right. And so this guy, when they don't show up, there is a repercussion. And I think that's the, you know, as much as we want to run the weight room, we are the expert. There is a benefit to the sport coach running the weight room because he or she can always see their kids and say, Hey, I haven't seen you for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And now we got a problem, man. Like, you know, and I remember I was going for a job interview in Mike's school district. I don't know, six years ago mm-hmm. uh, at a high school in Spartanburg County. And that football coach, what, you know, Mike said, it's like faith, family work. That guy said to me, He's like, you could call me anytime. I'm either at church or at football practice. <laughs> you know? And he said, I take this training serious with these guys. He go, if they miss a workout during the week, they don't play on Friday. Wow. And um, he's like, was very excited. He's like, we need a guy like you here. He's like, this will elevate our program. We need you. They were so like about it. <clears throat> and it, I do think down South, maybe just, you know, the, the uh, Southern hospitality is more of a together type um, ambiance, you know, North Jersey, in New Jersey, we're, you know, we're, it's a lot of cutthroat life. It's just the yeah. way of the tri-state area, this hustle bustle mentality. It's, that's the, you know, that's the way it is. Yeah. How about, I mean, he has three assistants where we were talking, you know, we have some some schools saying they can't afford one. And he's got not only him, but three assistants. And every class he has, black schedule, has only athletes in it. Try to do that up here. That would be, you know, people would be saying, well, yeah, you know, like, uh, how come my kid can't be in that class? Well, these are the, these are the athlete classes. These are the strength coaches that are taking them through. Kind of like Coach Vanderbush does. You know, he'll tell you straight out. If, if you're an athlete at Ben Davis, you'll take his phys ed class. If you're not, you're going to take a different phys ed class. It's just the one Kevin has the weight room divided into the equipment. Yeah. Upper and lower. yeah. So my, I'll be honest, my concern is, so we have what's called advisory. So every sophomores, juniors, and seniors have like a free block. It's like their own study hall, or they could go to the weight room. 
we're not doing it this year because of all the COVID stuff and mm -hmm. everybody being so, you know, like a clean freak. I don't know if they'll have it next year, but my concern is, you know, what's going to happen when just a student, all they want to do is like curl and bench and then they don't put equipment away. It is a lot of extra work for you mm -hmm. to go in and like, where's the clamp for this? They took it. Why is the five pound plate here? He took it from the other end of the gym. That's why, you know, like they do those things and yeah, athletes optimally need to be together. We don't have yeah. optimal situations. Mm -hmm. We got to make the best of it. That's it. Absolutely. Um, this was a great episode, Paul, you know, as always, my man, NHSSCA.us. If you're not a member, become a Get member. Get your education. Like Mike said, you should be, you should be researching and trying to educate yourself. And not only that, just the camaraderie of our group is so powerful. Paul, when, when did, I, I don't recall the email date exactly, but, um, you know, Kevin O'Neill mentioned when kind of the, uh, our, uh, you know, leadership kind of came up with like a date that we might start considering live events. It was like no earlier than maybe Memorial Day. I can't recall. Yeah, it was, like it was May. It was, it was somewhere around May. Right. So, so basically till June, like past yeah. Memorial Day. Mm -hmm. So we got some time before we do a family day or some. So we, we could do, a, a, I guess, a, a little gathering if we wanted to. But we'll probably, you know, springtime, try to make something happen. And uh, I think our next guest, we want to start bringing on our advisory board. That'd be we good. Got, we already had Coach McKenna. We're going to get John Tory at uh, Princeton. And mm -hmm. Mark Rosamelia is, we're in the same school district. He's on the north end of town. Yeah. So we got to start getting those guys on here, how they're doing. John has been training outside, no weight room. Pretty wild. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. He's like Rambo out there. <laughs> we forgot to ask Coach Schrock favorite movie. 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 Ah. I, 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 was, I, was, I was so enthralled. I was just into listening to what he had to say yeah. at the end. But We're going to get a negative review. Somebody's going to drop a one star. No, no. They're going to do it about his food. I'm going to do barbecue when I go down there. Didn't do gonna... the food. And I was in that downtown area because when that job was being offered to me, I was with my family. We drove through mm -hmm. that downtown area is nice. Oh, and I can't wait. Yeah. That's a nice area, man. We met, we blew it. We didn't get the movie. We didn't get the food. I mean, who cares about these front squat crap? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we can always man. get better. We can always get better, Zach. We got to get better. All right, my bro. Nine o'clock. I got to walk my crazy dog. I got to make lunch for the kids. Um, tomorrow's Thursday. I got the arm farm coming with the with the football guys. The girls have been crushing it. We had see, two, yeah. two girls squatted 135 for five. Deep nice. squats. Nice. They're, they're amazing. I email a few of them. I tell them to invite other friends and teammates, and then they do it. Yeah. The, the sports stuff has been so tough. Our girls basketball team went to a school. The, the, that gymnasium was leaking water. They had to come back. They thought they fixed it. They went back the next day again. It's been this year. We got to keep these kids hanging tough. And um, I'm, I am being tough on them, but I'm also when I'm tough on them at the end, I say, look, I'm tough on you because I love you. All right. Yeah. That's why I want you to succeed. So don't get upset when I'm coaching you hard and um, 
That's it, man. Look, I coach my son, my son's 12. He'll come to my gym. If he messes around, I'm, I'm pretty rough on him. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like busting them up a little bit. <laughs> All right. Got to do it before they get stronger than us, you know? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Paul, you're the man. Until next time, my bro, nhssca.us. Reach out to us, guys, if you're in New Jersey and uh, join the Facebook group. And then, of course, become a member. We'll right. see everybody soon. Paul, I'm shutting it down. Talk to you yes, later, sir. buddy. Bye, Bye-bye. guys.